Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today, it is the 4th of September, 2022. And on today's show, we recap the weekend that was in Big 12 football, specifically from the point of view of quarterbacks. So much was made uh, in this league about the quarterback play coming into the year. How did that manifest itself here in week one? I'll give you guys my thoughts on that on today's show. Locked on Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Hope you guys are having a spectacular long weekend, a Labor Day weekend. I know some of you still have to work, but hopefully you were able to enjoy some football over the course of the weekend. I know I was. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel here on YouTube. Uh, find us wherever you guys get your podcasts. And also make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. All right. So this weekend, the Big 12 goes nine and one. And we're going to break down these games, but really we're going to highlight certain stuff. Like, as you know, we're going to kind of break it down as we go throughout the week. Um, obviously a lot of big moments across the weekend, not as many as we're normally going to get because of the competition, right? The big 12 goes nine and one. The big part of that is the level of competition. And a, a lot of this, they're going into the season to talk about quarterbacks. That, that was a big sticking point in the off season. So let's go through like those quarterbacks and kind of how they performed where they're at this weekend, because there was a mixture of returning guys, um, new starters, Guys who were there the year before, but, you know, like Chandler Morris and Tyler Shuck, who kind of had starts, but whether it was injury or play or, you know, situation, didn't start the whole thing. Kind of update on where those guys are, because ironically, there's injuries involving both of those guys. Looking at the new guys, the JT Daniels of the world, the Adrian Martinez's and Dylan Gabriel's and Quinn Ewers of the world. So kind of taking the quarterback angle here, to go through the weekend's action, and we'll start back on Thursday night. So not able to break this game down because we had uh, I had a game that day and also the news that came out of college football expansion, playoff expansion, was a bit more pressing than getting to the action just because it was, you know, it's huge, obviously, for our league when you get news like that. But I tweeted this out yesterday, and let's start with a backyard brawl. Um, because this was actually not the better of the – well, statistically speaking – was not better of the two quarterback performances that we saw on Thursday night, right? You had at Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders put on a clinic, and you had JT Daniels perform, I thought, really well in a 38-31 loss to Pitt. Um, I tweeted about this. I said JT Daniels, I thought, looked really good. And the fact that he was under duress and under pressure, it felt like for most of the evening, was, I thought, like probably what made his performance as impressive as it was, 23, 23, 440, 214, two scores, and an INT. Um, and, you know, this is a guy – oh, he also ran for a touchdown, too. I should also throw that in there. Um, they sacked him in this game three times. They had seven QB hurries. They were in his kitchen all night, and I thought he stayed in there and kept coming and kept coming. And obviously, they had a chance to tie it there at the end. They had a chance to take the lead right in a tie game, 31 all. 
uh, when the bright, really unfortunate Bryce Ford Wheaton interception happened because I actually thought Bryce Ford Wheaton was playing one heck of a game. But you saw it, you know, the West Virginia Mountaineers came up just short, just short um, in the end of that game. And you think about JT Daniels, his journey here, right, from USC to Georgia, now to West Virginia. Like, he has had guys ahead of him. He has had injuries. He's really had the full array of things happen to him. And the fact that he's like willing to, you know, he's a willing player in in like a really punishing game. Like you could see a guy like that really honestly. And and, and to be fair, like I would be, you know, I would maybe the same way. You've been injured that much and taking all that punishment and have multiple injuries, different places, knee, shoulder, whatever it is. The fact that he was in there taking those hits, wanted to stay in there, continue to take those hits. He was a willing participant. He wanted to keep coming back for more. And I thought that was really impressive that he stuck in there the entire game. And he was poised the whole game. Do I think this fixes a lot of things for West Virginia? I mean, the answer is a big question of like, which JT Daniels are we seeing? Is he the full version of the guy that we thought we were going to get when he came, you know, into college football? I mean, he looked really good. I'll give you that. Like he looked like a, it looks like a five-star talent. Um, I guess we'll see more as the season goes along, like what's a wear and tear do to him. But in terms of like the guy, the, the person, the player, I guess you could say, you know, kind of the, the mentality of the player, there's no questioning the toughness of that guy. He's a natural leader and, and you know, we can tell they rallied around him and they believed in him and he was performing really well. And what was a back and forth contest that they could have easily won if it weren't for the Bryce Ford Wheaton drop. Right. Uh, and, and once again, like Bryce Ford Wheaton, you know, I've, I'm not as high on him as some other people are. I still think he's a really good wide receiver and they target him a lot. That's one thing too. They have a lot of depth issues. Um, so I'm not sure if my overall opinion of like where West Virginia ends up will change, but I think like how competitive they're going to be on a game to game basis. Like it's going to be hard to, to, uh, to, to really hammer that team. Like you're going to have a really difficult time beating the brakes off that West Virginia team. Not saying I thought it would happen before, but you know, I'm I'm curious to see how like the season plays out for them, in terms of like where do the wins come from? Like they might have a really good, I mean, they may not have they might have a five and seven season with some really difficult wins, uh, much like you know Texas Tech does. Well, they might have you know much better season than I thought. I, I think that's still on the table as well. We have to consider both of those things here. But I just think from a performance standpoint, like he was up to the challenge. He was 100 percent up to the challenge. I was really impressed, and I, I know the numbers aren't amazing, but like first game against that defense when your line didn't play particularly great. Um, you know, you can sign me up for more JT Daniels. I think I'm, uh, I'm, I'm like, I mean, I'm on board now. It wasn't, that wasn't on board before, but it's just like, you, you have to watch it happen and play out first, right? Like you need to, you need to see it happen and be like, okay, yeah, he's the guy after a long, a long layoff and injury, whatever, like you need to double check to make sure he's still the guy. So I, I think there's, it was okay to have some skepticism, but he I think he delivered. I really do think he delivered. Um, also on that evening, got to mention a returner now. Spencer Sanders. Ironically, Spencer Sanders did not throw for more yards than uh, Richardson did for CMU. But in a 58-44 win, Spencer Sanders was 28 for 41, 406, four touchdowns, also ran for two touchdowns, a six-touchdown performance. I think five of those in the first half. Um, Got whatever he wanted. Like, just... 
the world was his, you know, the world was his oyster. It kind of felt like there in that first half. I mean, wherever they wanted to throw to whatever guy you wanted to throw to whatever was happening. Like he was just facilitating and running that thing on a really efficient level. Think about where they were at halftime. They were up 44 to 15. Now I didn't close the game well, but Spencer Sanders now over the course of his two last two games has thrown for over 770 yards, I believe. And he's thrown for seven touchdowns as well. You go back to that Notre Dame game that he played and he was absolutely, uh, you know, a house of fire there later in that contest, but 34 of uh, 51 for 371 and four scores. Actually, it's been four touchdowns. He's run for over 170 yards combined those two games and two touchdowns as well. This is a guy that with a performance that he had, your big question is, can you recreate this? It, it seems their defense is not going to be as good as it was last year. Uh, obviously, things can change, and they've got some talented players there and a really good coach in Derek Mason. This defense lost a lot, though, and they got shredded in the second half of this game. Call it a lack of focus. Call it the first game. You know, whatever it was, they they got the hammer put to them in the second half. I mean – in this game, Richardson ends up throwing for, as I mentioned, over 400 yards and four scores as well from his side. This game was not close in the end, in my opinion, at least. Um, the score made it look closer than it actually was. But look, like Spencer Sanders, when they when we go later on in the year and we go to games against Baylor and Oklahoma, the questions that, we, that, that will be asked in those games, like, can you win us the game? And the reason why I have not been as high on him as I have other uh, quarterbacks uh, or as high on, excuse me, on teams, on, on this team, Oklahoma State, as I was last year, is, is once again because of like the of when you ask him to win games, like is that the way Oklahoma State can, can they do it that way, right? When it's not a defensive issue or not a defensive thing, right? When you're not just running the football and playing great defense and that's how you win games. When it's going to be on his shoulders to score, not once, tw- not twice, maybe three times in a shoot- shootout type situation where your defense just can't seem to get off the field, much like that second half that occurred. When you get the ball and it's a tie game, you're down seven, you got to keep pace. What does that look like? Once again, he was a house of fire in that first half. The way he was running the ball, too, he looked like a great athlete, a really great quarterback who was in control of everything happening on the field. He was the best player on the field. Uh, I think for most of the game. I mean, one of the slow things down in that second half does make some sense. You know, they, they weren't great there. It's still 58 points, 58 points. I don't really care how you get it. Um, so he was amazing. He was absolutely amazing. Career game. Questions now. All right. As as your schedule stiffens, you got Arizona State this week. What does that look like? Can you get this thing going uh, and keep it going the way you did this week? D- defense beat in. Don't worry about that. But can you keep the offense functioning at a high clip? And I'm not saying 58 points a game, 50 points a game, 40 points a game. Like, can it look like this against Big 12 teams? I mean, I think it can. We'll see for how long it does. So I think he was spectacular, showing us so much of what we wanted to see and have seen the last couple of games. There's a chance he's turned the corner. Like, there's a chance, like, this could be not all the way, obviously, who he is. But, like, a, a version of this is who Spencer Sanders is, which I think is very exciting if that's the case. Uh, not just for Oklahoma State fans, but just the conference in general. All right, let's take a quick break and then hit on the other schools. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to built.com today. That is built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15, 
for 15% off at built.com. They've got the built go, the built boost, the built bars. They've got new puffs as well. So once again, built.com, promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15, for 15% off. All right, Friday night games, uh, Jalen Daniels looked fine. Kansas, I'll just put it like this, friends. You know, he was really good. Devin Neal is fantastic. They looked like a D1 football team. Like they looked like a Division One football team that is in a power five that pounds bad teams. They they were nip and tuck with, with South Dakota last year. Tennessee Tech, they blew them off the paper. 21-0 first half, uh, first quarter, excuse me, at the end of the first half. This game was, uh, let's see, 35-3. to They outscored them in every single quarter, which is what you want to see. Because they didn't finish finish games well last year. They finished this one very well. The TCU game, 38-13. So speaking of interesting quarterback situations, Chandler Morris starts. Eh, wasn't really sold on him. Didn't, didn't look amazing. Didn't look amazing, to be fair. And um, and Darius Davis, by the way, shout out to him, man. Like that, that punt return was was electric. But you get a Chandler Morris injury. Max Duggan comes into this game. He's two for three for 27 yards and the running game is what took over for them. So really like the thing is for them now for Garrett Riley, and we'll see how long Chandler Morris is out for. I'm not sure I saw um, the particulars of what the situation is. Yeah. It's just, it says uncertainty. They're not sure about, uh, you know, obviously the knee injury, like you're really concerned about it. So you really, you know, you're thinking, Hey, this could be a big problem. We have to watch the x-rays happen, whatever. The big question for them now is, can Garrett Riley do what he wanted to do offensively with Max Duggan at quarterback? Because we know their skill sets are different. If you just watched that Baylor game last year, the yellow uh, Chandler Morris game, as I call it, you know for a fact that like the skill sets are, are drastically different. Max Duggan's got that big play down the field ability. We know that. The problem is just the intermediate passing. And we mentioned that, I mean, you know, ad nauseum. Um. So I am now very curious, and I also think it would be ridiculous not to think that Sam Jackson is going to get involved too. He had a really nice game. He ran for a touchdown. And uh, also, let's see, I think yeah, they, they didn't use him at all wide receiver, but he was able to run for a touchdown. Um, one of the four guys who ran for a touchdown, Darius Davis, took one in. Kendra Miller did. Amari Mercado did, and so did Jackson. They ran for 275 yards total on the night. So – this thing now is going to change some. Do they kind of alter the offense? Look like last year's offense. I don't know. I thought defense looked okay against it. It's a pretty once again. It's a bad. It's a bad Colorado team, man. But that's a that's a really bad Colorado team. Uh, Carl Doral has so good win. They went out there and did it. But you know, uh, quarterback situation, a lot of uncertainty, and that's obviously the angle that we're taking here on this. All right, the, the Saturday. I, I mean, you know, let's see how much time we should really spend on this. And I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna boost these guys. Uh, because they were all playing really bad competition, but I'm not going to demean them either, right? So it's, it's a happy medium. Dylan Gabriel looked good in his first game as an Oklahoma Sooner. Oklahoma looked good in general. Check the box, got off to a nice start. You love to see that for him. 15 for 23, 233, two scores. Thought he was just kind of in command of the offense, you know, as uh, kind of ho-hum. They got Kent State next week. Uh, they really did a good job, I thought, of distributing the ball, and I want to see that continue. Uh, you know, he hit Braden Willis. He hit Marvin Mims. Theo Weiss, Eric Gray, Drake Stoops, you know, they were, they were facilitating. They were making sure that ball got out to everywhere. I like the fact that, you know, you know, this game was, was never really in doubt. Like they kept him in because they want to make sure they get as much, as many reps as possible, in my opinion. Um, and Eric Gray also had a really nice day on the ground. Like they, they've got the kind of thunder and lightning situation. Marcus Major's going to finish, finish off a lot of their drives. 
Um, but they ran the ball pretty well as well because Dylan Gabriel also found the end zone on the ground. So, you know, like the one thing with evaluating him is we already know he's good. So like, this is not us asking like, is he a good player? Right. Much like, like we know Spencer Sanders is good. Um, we know it's different like in the JT Daniels. Cause like we know JT Daniels is talented, but he hasn't been on the field long enough. So it's kind of like a little bit of a combination of both. Also when you factor in injury, that's one thing too here with Dylan Gabriel is like you factor in injury. He looked like really good. Like that guy is, that guy is completely healed from, from, you know, his, his, his injury. So, uh, you know, he looks like pretty normal. And I think that's one thing there too. So pretty much what I expected from him, you know, I, I think the distribution was good. Jeff Levy got the ball to all parts of the field. They ran the ball to a bunch of different guys. Like I, I, I think this offense is, I think the strength of Oklahoma as a whole is how well-rounded they are. This is, you know, when you look at an offense, the big 12, like there's actually not an offense that's got better backs and wide receivers coming into the year. Then, then this group, um, you know, Texas was there. The problem is their depth is somewhat now taking a hit with, with Isaiah Nayor. And then, you know, like, is Jai Hall going to play? Is he last the team the entire season? You know, what are going to do? Like Xavier Worthy and, and Jaleel Billingsley and Jordan Whittington, like it's, it's all good. Like I'm, I'm on board with this fully, fully. But like we talk about the full complement of offensive weapons now that Nayor is down, the offensive line shot. Like I'm in the offensive line too. You factor that in. Like you, you got to like Oklahoma's offense maybe not as high of a ceiling as Texas's is. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm wrong. But I, I think that like, that's, that's the thing you like about it. It's like, this thing's well-rounded. They can, they can, you know, they're going to meet, they're not going to meet the road for them. They're going to have some difficult games for sure. But I think you kind of like where they are right now. Just like this was kind of proof of concept that they've got a lot of different directions that they could go. I mean, hell, they didn't, you know, you had a freshman yesterday taking an end around, uh, you know, you got, got him taking, I mean, how long was that? 35 yards to the end zone. Um, on that run, 46, yeah, for, yeah, 46, you know, for Gavin Freeman, a 5'8 freshman in his first touch as a college player, that was really cool to see. But they were on they were on schedule, I, I will say, about OU in their win. Um, let's see, also, Baylor, Blake Shapin, like, throwing the ball downfield, looked really good, sharp. I mean, it's Albany, so I'm not sure how much we can draw from this. Once again, I think the learning experiences for a guy like Blake Shapin start next week on the road against BYU. Not sure how good the defense is from BYU, but at least in terms of environment, that's a really good challenge. Obviously, we know he played in the Big 12 championship game, but that's going to be the first true road game that Blake Shapin's played as, as a starter. It's going to be a really difficult environment. It's going to be his thir- third start. So your question's going to be asked there, but I thought he looked sharp. I thought the offense looked sharp in a 69-10 to nice win over Albany. Iowa State, same thing, man. Like This one's a little bit better because you know Hunter Deckers hadn't looked great last year, to be totally fair. And he comes in this game and he's throwing the ball all over the place. And I like the fact that there's no, the, the safety blanket for them used to be the tight ends. That has changed. The safety blanket for them now is Xavier Hutchinson. And they found him three touchdowns, eight catches over hundred yards, 128 yards on the day, three scores found over the middle, some the outside, some I mean, like you know, he was everywhere in this game and Hunter Deckers found him. And you can tell he's got the arm strength. I love that throw in the middle of the field. He made to, to Xavier Hutchinson. It was a great touchdown throw. I had the interception there as well, but like he showed me everything I wanted to see. This is a good confidence building game as we move forward and go for them into that Iowa game. So a 42 10 win for them. Hunter Deckers to me looking really strong right out of the gate. And obviously more questions of him will be asked, you know, more questions will be asked of him when they go and play better teams. But positivity, like, you know, there were. This wasn't a Spencer Beatrice, you know, and I know he's not old, but like against the FCS opponent looking bad 
Uh, I know that there's much better FCS teams out there. They played uh, Iowa did, but like this was you, you, he lit them up. He lit them up, and you wanted to see him light them up. That was the result you wanted. Guy who did not light it up. Um. So Adrian Martinez did not complete a pass over ten yards in the Kansas State thirty-four to ten or thirty-four nothing rather win uh, over uh, South Dakota. Like that was their strategy was to run the ball. I understand this. Like that, that's the way it kind of worked out for them in this game. Um, I was really not, not impressed at at all by what Adrian Martinez did. Uh, I was not very impressed. And I, if you all have watched this show, you guys know that he has been a huge, huge question mark for people like me. And a lot of us coming into this year is if Kansas state wants to reach that potential, and we think it's a pretty high one, if all things are good, um, then, you know, they, he asked, it has to work well with him. And when you go into a game against Missouri next week, like, did you see anything this week? 11 to 15 for 53 yards also did run for a touchdown too. You see anything this week that be like, yeah, this guy can win me a football game. Like if a Deuce Vaughn thing for whatever reason, not just working, we need this guy to throw a couple touchdowns, you know, and compete with somebody in the fourth quarter of a game. Not there yet. Not there yet. Not saying it won't happen, but you know, this game kind of played out weirdly. They didn't need to throw the ball but I would have liked them to get the passing offense going a bit more than it did. I mean, Jake Rubley threw four passes, completed four passes, and almost did over 40 yards, four for four, 42 yards, 11 for 15, 53 yards. And they didn't have too many ca- uh, pass plays that went for negative yardage. Like I checked, like there were not, you know, I was able to catch some of this game. There were not a whole lot of pass plays for them that were going for negative yardage. This weren't going very far forward. Now, luckily for them, Deuce Vaughn was awesome in this game. Uh, Malik Knowles, you know, the thing about them is, Kansas State's like big advantage is that they can plot and plot, plot, excuse me, plot along, you know, kind of be a plotting offense, right? And boom, they can hit. I mean, they're this weird slow offense that can hit big explosive plays with more than one guy. Between Knowles and Deuce Vaughn, you've and maybe even Martinez in that running game, they've got the ability to hit explosive plays whenever. So it could be five yards, six yards, three yards, four yards, and then 75 yards. You know, Malik Knowles goes 75 yards. They run um, for 297 and four scores. They also think is too, they, sh- they pitch shutout. So like, maybe I'm wrong because they didn't have to pass the ball at all. So like, I think that's, I think that could be a, you know, if, if you say, well, Josh, they didn't need to pass totally fine. Like I'm actually, I believe it's a fair statement, but I'm kind of curious to see if, you know, when, when pushing begins to come, you know, when push comes to shove, can they, uh, can they do it? All right, folks, I'm going to wrap this up because my AC is not sure you guys can tell my face is red. My AC is not working up here. It is hot here in the state of Virginia. So we'll wrap this thing up. A couple more teams out of the Big 12. Obviously, we got to get to Texas, but I want to mention Texas Tech because they win 63 to 10. Tyler Shuck goes out there and earns a starting quarterback job in camp, a competitive job. And it sounds like it really was. Um, I'm a you guys know me, I'm a Dominic Smith guy. Uh Don, Dominic Smith, Donovan Smith guy. And you see Tyler Shuck on a run where he did not need to get injured. He, he, I appreciate him going for extra yardage. I really do. But, you know, he was having a good game. He was six for 10 for 154 and a score. Slides, I think he stayed in the game. And then the next drive was out of the game. He goes to the locker room. He comes back. He's got a sling. He's got his arm in a sling. And so you're thinking, man, does this suck? Donovan Smith comes in 14 of 16, 221 and four scores, albeit against Murray State. You're thinking, man, Donovan Smith picked up right where he left off. Wow, did Donovan Smith look really good 
in this game. And, you know, he's got a chance to be a really good player just because of what he brings. The question is, you know, much like the TC question, does Donovan Smith change the calculus very much for Zach Kittley? I think on my first watch, seemed like a no. I really didn't see it that much, but we'll, we will see. Also, you got to you gotta shout out uh, Loic Fungi. I mean, this was a guy that we're going to talk about number 19s. I thought it would be Tyree Wilson, the other 19 on the Texas Tech Red Raiders roster that we'd be talking about. Nah, man, it's Fungi. Four catches for 110 and two scores. One of our questions was, who is going to be the guy for them in the receiving core? And I think our first guess was going to be Miles Price, right, the junior. But in this game, we got two guys over 100 yards. It was Jerron Bradley, who is 6'5", 215, a freshman, who goes also for – he goes 6 for 108 and two scores, and you get Fungi, who is 4 for 110 and two scores. And those guys, you know, Jerron Bradley comes out of obviously a freshman. But it's not like Fungi's put up big numbers before. So to see that – uh, and see those options available. Like this offense still has a chance to be very, very good. Very good. A lot of questions are going to be like, how consistent can it be? And what does it look like now? How long is Tyler Shuck out for? Uh, but a strong defensive performance as well for them. I have to mention that 13 tackles for loss in this game. Uh, so we'll see if they can carry this defensive performance over. But I was very impressed. Texas Tech, albeit against this team, but still big quarterback news there with the injury to Tyler Shuck. Finally, Quinn Ewers, 52-10, Texas beats ULM. There were all kinds of plays, man, in this game. I mean, we had punts being blocked, uh, you know, you know, punt being blocked that was picked up um, by Keelan Robinson for a touchdown. We had Quinn Ewers, nice throw to Tavian Sanders, but he was, like, wide open. Uh, we had Roshan Johnson get in there. He did another one to B. John Robinson. Uh, they had a pick six from Deshaun Jamison. He went 69 yards, very nice. Uh, as well. So like there was a lot of variety in this game. Quinn Ewers goes 16 for 24, 225 and two scores as long as a as well as a pick. So I thought this was kind of like what I expected from him. It's just kind of a up and down, you know, type performance. Um, a lot of positives. And they just kind of took care of business. You know, he got his feet under him. Wasn't like, you know, wasn't some record shattering, record, record breaking performance. Uh completes around, I guess what is it, 16 to 24, puts you at 60 it's what is it two-thirds year passes yeah eight eight yeah 24 so i mean 66 percent of his passes that's that's pretty good obviously the interception was there too but it's not like he was chucking the ball way downfield so thought it was a mixture of both in this game and uh you found a you know a group of different guys not a ton from xavier worthy in this game but i think it was kind of just getting the feet under him and you know this didn't have to be a game it was all about the big guns getting the job done. It's about spreading the everybody, you know, getting the ball. Bijan Robinson goes 10 for 71 for a score, 7.1 yards per carry. Roshan Johnson, 5 for 34 in a score. Uh, and also Brooks, they get him in there too. John uh, Jonathan Brooks, he goes, new freshman as well. Uh, he goes for a touchdown as well, 6 for 32. So, and the running game wasn't like excellent the entire night, but it was serviceable and good enough. And I think that will continue to get better. They're just trying to get guys touches, it felt like. And it was also, once again, good to see Roshan Johnson back out there. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of a, the tour around the league from the quarterback perspective. We're going to dive deeper into stuff, look at some Kansas State things, some Oklahoma State stuff, and, you know, really kind of think about what else from this weekend we can take as we move forward. Uh, because this weekend was a really, you know, a weekend was kind of getting people primed and ready. I mean, I've been through this before, but I'll, I'll do this one more time for you guys. Like, this was not, an, not a great week for games. But you go and you look next week in the Big 12 and look at what we have in week number two from the outset. Missouri versus Kansas State. That's a really important big game. I think Kansas State, you know, Missouri is a good team that, that that took it to Louisiana Tech. 
and they looked really sharp. And so they'll present some challenges to Kansas State. And that one's at noon or 11 o'clock Eastern time. Then Alabama and Texas, need I say more on that one? Houston visits Texas Tech after their thrilling win over uh, over U, uh, UTSA. And by the way, Texas Tech, just a three-point – or they are three-point favorite in that game. Iowa State goes to Iowa in uh, the Cyhawk Trophy game at 4 o'clock on BTN. Iowa's just a three-point favorite. That means Vegas believes that game is dead even on a neutral field. 6 o'clock Eastern on Big 12 slash ESPN+. Plus. It's our first Big 12 um, game of the season. Guys, Kansas is just – they're less than a two-touchdown underdog against West Virginia. 13.5 points is what the Mountaineers are favored by, and I think that line's pretty fair considering the way both teams looked last week. OU Kent State is kind of the one big throwaway of the week, that and TCU Tarleton. But at 7.30 on ESPN2, a Power 5 matchup, Arizona State goes to play Oklahoma State, 12-point spread there. And then at 10.15 Eastern on ESPN, the only top 25 game that we have right now on the books – you know, this could change obviously, but in the non-conference is Baylor at BYU. So these are a lot of your heavy hitting uh, non-conference games. Yeah. OU Nebraska's next week as well um, as is, you know, Kansas has their big one against Houston and Houston will eventually play Texas tech. And then Texas tech also plays NC state next week and UTSA plays Texas. Like there's a good group of other games, but these are really your heavy hitters in terms of non-con games. So we'll talk a lot about what happened this week. Uh, these games and what that means moving forward. All right. Uh, thank you guys for watching the show today. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO big 12. Find me at Josh neighbors underscore. Also make sure that you guys subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube, trying to get this thing up higher and higher. All right, my friends till next time, as always stay safe.